This is the Navigating Adult ADHD podcast, here to help you navigate and thrive with ADHD in adulthood. I'm your host, Zena, and I was diagnosed at age 36. As with many ADHDers, I have a rebellious and non-conformist style. And that means that there will likely be swearing in the coming episode. Please be mindful of any little people. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast. So happy to be here with you all today. I'm feeling a little bit chilled out. (laughs) I don't know that I get fully chilled out, but I've just had a few days away. And I'm back and I'm excited to be here and share some things with you all. And before we dive into today's topic, which is overwhelm, I did want to share that I have spoken with a few of you guys, the podcast listeners lately, and I often hear things like, everything you share is so relatable, or I feel like you're in my head, (laughs) or I feel like you've been watching me. I've heard that one a few times now. And I just want to say, I promise I'm not that creepy. I am not watching you. I do not have a recording device in your head. (laughs) I just know exactly what it's like because I am you. Okay. And there are many of us. And as I talk to so many of you, you say that you can often feel like no one else gets it or you feel really alone. But I just want you to know that I hear that from a lot of you guys. I talk to ADHDers all day long, all day, every day. And we all struggle with the same things. So you are definitely not alone, my friend. And this is also why I keep asking you guys to rate and review the podcast, because it helps more people find us and get that relief and feel less alone and, you know, hear from other people who get it. So again, just a little plug, please help us by rating and reviewing the podcast. Thank you, my friends. All right. ADHD overwhelm. I think that is something that most of us can relate to. Just last week, I was speaking to a friend who thinks that she quite likely has ADHD, and I would agree with her. And she said these things, and I captured them. I said to her, I'm going to capture these and repeat them back on the podcast. Are you okay with that? And she was like, go for it. So she said, I don't know where to start. I have no time for myself. I'm always busy, but I don't know where my time goes. And I've got lists and lists, and I just feel like I get nowhere. But my house is always clean. She's always cleaning her house. That's just a thing that she does. (laughs) Can you relate to that? Maybe the cleaning, maybe not the cleaning, right? Your thing might be, you know, I, I call it productive procrastination. And I used to do that when there was like a task I needed to get done. I would like clean up everything else first. You know, I'd do the other shit I'd been avoiding first. <laughs> but I find that with cleaning, and I actually hear this from a few people who use cleaning and do that rather than the, the things that they feel like they air quotes should be doing. It's because we get a sense of satisfaction in doing so. Like there is a reward right? There is a release of dopamine in, in doing that task, which is a whole nother rabbit hole we can go down, right? Recently, I was coaching a client and she came to the session and I asked her, how are you doing? And she said to me, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. She said, I've literally got two hours and 20 things I need to do. And I don't even know where to start. So to put some context to this, she is a teacher 
And this was the very first day that kids were returning back into school for the new year. Okay, and after we ended our call, she did actually have two hours before they would begin to arrive. Back when I was working in the travel industry, I worked in both uh, like retail travel where people would come in and book, you know, just travel around the country or family holidays and honeymoons and all of that sort of thing. And I also worked in corporate travel. And when I was in that retail space, I ran a agency with a team of, I think, five people in this business that I was running at the time that we were all a part of. It was our store alone was turning over millions each year. So there was a lot of, you know, a lot going on. And myself, I was in a constant state of overwhelm. I was continuously all the time overwhelmed and also anxious. Okay. Every day I would come home from that job and I would get back to my house with my cat. And I, I had this kind of endless to-do list, both at work and I would also bring that home. And I just felt like I was never on top of it. Never. Like there was, you know, I'd often bring work home and by the time I got home, I'd crack into a bottle of wine because, you know, that was one of the kind of coping mechanisms that I used. It was almost my way of self-medicating, but I didn't realize that. And I would crack into a bottle of wine. And by the time I got home from work, I cracked into this wine and had some, I didn't have the mental bandwidth to do the harder tasks that I'd bought home that really needed to get done. The ones that would make the difference that would, you know, potentially relieve the overwhelm. So instead I would do things like make up ticket wallets, like travel wallets of people's holidays that, you know, so that they had something, things that really didn't need to get done that weren't urgent and weren't going to address the reason that I was overwhelmed or the tasks on the list that were, you know, creating overwhelm. And that's the crazy thing is like the overwhelm never went away no matter how much I did. No matter how much shit was on my to-do list, I was just always overwhelmed. And this is interesting because as ADHDers, we experience overwhelm more often and with more ease, as in it comes easily to us, than neurotypical people. Okay, and there are two reasons for this. So number one, we take in more information from the world around us through our senses, meaning our five senses. We hear more, we see more, like we are observing more from the world around us. Okay, and that means that our brain then has more information that it needs to process. It needs to filter that information and decide, do I need to do something about that? Can I ignore that? Should I file that away for later? Okay, basically our brain is continuously doing more behind the scenes. And that, of course, can lead us to feeling overstimulated with all that sensory information that we're taking on. And also it can lead us to feeling overwhelmed. I think it, quite, it kind of helps to think of it like this. An ADHD brain's filter We filter information manually, not automatically, okay? And that's a big difference. You know, it's a lot like reading a paper map versus having a GPS tell you what to do, where to turn, where to go. One takes a shitload more, you know, time and energy and effort to do. Now, the second reason that ADHD is experience more overwhelm is because of some of the challenges that we have when it comes to executive functioning. So we can struggle with things like 
what order to do tasks in, how to prioritize thing, things, uh, how to organize our environment. We can struggle to remember things or multiple things at once. Like if you've got to hold multiple things in your brain at the same time and, or, or even just trying to focus on something, focus can be a challenge. Also, perceiving the time that it might take to get things done can be really hard for our brains. And then sometimes, you know, we, we underestimate that or we forget the time it takes to travel between places. That's one that I often hear from people is like, you know, like I knew I was going to finish there, but I didn't allow travel time to like get back home to meet the person or what have you. Right. So all of that requires more energy and more mental effort for our brains. Okay. And part of the executive function challenges is emotional regulation. So what that means is our feelings can be more intense. That's the, the positive and the not so positive emotions. When we experience emotion, we can experience it more deeply, more intensely than other people. So as ADHDers, we're also more likely to kind of power down and to go into hibernation mode especially when overwhelm is coming at us. When we're feeling overwhelmed, we're much more likely to, you know, power down. I don't know where that noise came from, but it was in my head. (laughs) And go into hibernation mode. So what we're going to do next is we are going to explore five of the most common forms of ADHD overwhelm that I see. Okay, we're going to get into those. And guess what, my friends, I have been working on this episode for a while now, and it's so long that I decided we were going to do it in two parts. So we're going to explore the five types of ADHD overwhelm now, and we're going to go through those and go into details. But next week, I'm going to release overwhelm part two for you all, where we talk more about how to manage our overwhelm. Okay, so stay with me. Number one is to-do list overwhelm. So having too many things on your to-do list that it becomes overwhelming and you don't even know where to start. Now, half the time, there isn't just one to-do list. There's a list on your phone. I've always got a list on my phone. There's probably one in the kitchen. There's going to be stuff scribbled on a notepad at work. Uh, There's also going to be 60 million things in your head as well. All of which probably keeps you awake at 3am staring at the ceiling, worrying about all the things that you need to do or forgot to do or should do. That is to-do list overwhelm. Okay, and often the longer the to-do list, the harder it will be to actually do the things on the list. And it can become never-ending. So you never get the relief of having done the things because you're always adding more things or thinking of more things or it's continually growing and getting bigger. Okay, that, my friends, is to-do list overwhelm. The second form of overwhelm is sensory overwhelm. Now, if you have kids, my guess is that you will likely relate to this one. Now, for me, this often happens in the evenings when I am cooking dinner. I will be in the kitchen cooking dinner and I'm staring at the boys who are in the lounge, three boys, and they're watching TV often at this time of day. 
and they are arguing over what to watch and then somebody jumps on somebody else's beanbag which then causes a fight and somebody punches somebody and somebody yells at somebody and then the neighbor's dog starts barking and then my partner's trying to ask me a question and then he starts playing music through the loudspeaker and oh my god (laughs) did you get overwhelmed as I said all of that shit Cue my irritation and frustration and then snapping at the kids and then, you know, lashing out at my partner. And sometimes I would just run to the bathroom, shut the door and take a breath and get a break from it all. That, my friends, is sensory overwhelm. And you may experience it at work, perhaps even in a restaurant. I can find, especially in a really noisy, busy restaurant, that I can really feel this. Like if it's, you know, tables that are jammed together and there's lots of noise and, you know, lots of people moving around, like, ooh, that can be a tricky one. Perhaps even at a party with lots of things going on, right? And remember, our brain is taking in all this information through its senses, like what's going on over there? Do I know that person? Do I need to think about that? Did they look at me funny? Did they look me up and down? What's that drink? You know, like our brain is constantly doing that. Okay, that my friends is sensory overwhelm. Number three is too many steps overwhelm. (laughs) So perhaps that could be planning an overseas trip or if you're launching your own business. Those are great examples of things that require multiple steps. And another example I see with this is when people want to create a morning routine. Okay, all of these things require lots of different steps, which means lots of small decisions, but also putting things into order, etc. Now, that requires a lot of effort, okay, for our brain. Talk about an executive functions freak out for our brain. (laughs) There's the planning and the organizing and the making decisions and the prioritizing and the looking at the bigger picture, which might mean zooming in or zooming out, weighing things up. All of that also requires a lot of dopamine, okay? So what I will often see with people who want to create a morning routine, for example, is that they want to get up and they want to stretch and then they want to go for a run and then they want to make a healthy breakfast and then they want to make lunch for work and then they want to have a shower and they want to straighten their hair and they want to wear a nice outfit and there's all of these different steps. And their brain wakes up in the morning with very little dopamine in its system and goes... Yeah, now screw that, because I'm going to get much more pleasure out of staying in bed. Whereas all of those steps are going to cost me a lot of dopamine. I'm going to have to spend all this dopamine and try and figure out all of these things. And I don't see how I'm going to get anything back in, a, in reward. Okay, all of that to say that our, our brain looks at things based on how much dopamine am I going to get out of that versus this. Because the one that's going to give me the most dopamine is the one I want to do. And when something has too many steps, our brain just goes, nah. (laughs) A lot of the time when our brain sees too many steps or too complex, it'll go do something else. Okay. It'll often, you know, it can lead to shutting down or like I said, going and avoiding and finding something else to do or staying in bed and hitting the snooze button and sleeping in. Okay. Too many steps overwhelm. That's number three. Number four is clutter overwhelm. So I often hear things like, I can't work on my business until I've tidied the house. Or when my environment is messy, my brain feels like a mess. And I can't think clearly with these piles of stuff everywhere that I just really need to sort out. 
ADHD brains can struggle to finish tasks. Now, my partner is a perfect example of this. When I say ADHD brains can struggle to finish tasks, like we might 80% do something and then leave some things down for later. Okay, quite common that we do that. I sometimes wonder if my partner's undiagnosed ADHD because, wow, some of the things he does like really make me think. The other day, for example, he mowed the lawns, but he didn't finish mowing the lawns. He mowed 90% of the lawns, 90%, and he left some very tall, large pieces of grass, very obvious random patches of grass. And then he left out the mower and he left out the weed trimmer for a few days. (laughs) Cracks me up. And then he went grocery shopping. He does this all the time. He will go grocery shopping when I am working and he will come home and he will empty the bags of groceries onto the kitchen counter and he'll put away about 70% of the groceries and then he'll leave the rest out for the entire day, which I always end up putting away. (laughs) Again, it's just like a 70% done thing. And he also often works from our dining room table downstairs. And when he packs up to put his stuff away, so he's got like his big monitors and stuff for work and his keyboard and all the cords and charges and stuff, okay? When he packs up and he puts these things away, he will leave the cords and the charges and maybe a keyboard or a mouse lying around. And he just thinks he's put everything away. That is something that's actually very common for our ADHD brains to do, okay? We can struggle to finish tasks. So we can sort of, you know, 70, 80, 90% do them and then leave the odd bit, which can then, you know, create some clutter quite easily in in our environment, okay? Maybe you've got craft projects or DIY house projects lying around the place, half done collecting dust. All of this stuff and the piles, using the pile system, right, and having piles of stuff lying around in the house, that can be very overwhelming to our senses, okay, and to our ADHD brain. Seeing that and taking it in and having to process it through our brains all the time, that can be quite overwhelming. It is very common to feel like you can't you know, sit down and do something, perhaps at your computer or or some study or something that you're going to do when your environment around you feels like it's messy. This is clutter overwhelm. And it often feeds into the next type of overwhelm. Number five, that is thought overwhelm. Brains are constantly thinking and it's estimated that most people have approximately 60 70,000 thoughts a day. Now, I think it's likely that our ADHD brains have many, many more than that. I cannot find any statistics around that. Okay, I think we could say we probably have closer to 100,000 thoughts a day. I'm taking a guess. Our brains are constantly thinking and thinking all of the thoughts. Much like, you know, bees swarming around a hive, we have constant noise buzzing around in our brains. Now, it's also worth noting that many of the thoughts that we have in our brain are useful and positive. Okay, we have thoughts that quite literally change the world. Many ADHDers have done incredible world-changing things and been inventors and creatives and artists and all sorts of things. Like, our brains are pretty amazing, I think. And we can also get stuck in 
negative thoughts, getting stuck in negative thought loops and doing things like catastrophizing with all of those thoughts that we have. Okay. And when our brains are going a million miles an hour and buzzing around in all directions, I'll often hear things like, I just don't know where to start or, you know, it's all too much. I just, I just don't know what to do. Or I wish I could turn my brain off. I wish I could just quiet the noise. Okay. So having so many thoughts going on that you don't know where to start and what to do because your brain is just busy, 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 busy. That is thought overwhelm. That's number five. Okay. So I'm just going to run through them again from the top. Number one, and these are the five most common forms of ADHD overwhelm that I see. Number one is to-do list overwhelm. Number two, sensory overwhelm. Number three is too many steps overwhelm. Number four is the clutter overwhelm. And number five is thought overwhelm. Now, Although we can experience overwhelm more often and more easily than, let's just say, our neurotypical friends, that doesn't mean that we can't get a better handle on it. In fact, overwhelm is something that we can learn to manage really well so that we experience it less and less often. It's also an important thing to address when it comes to burnout and experiencing dopamine debt okay this is something I'm going to talk more on in a future episode I'm going to talk about preventing ADHD burnout and you know the relationship between ADHD burnout and dopamine debt okay and managing our overwhelm is a very important piece of that for a number of years as I shared with you guys at the beginning Overwhelm was my constant state of being. No matter how much I got done, it never, ever felt like enough. Never. And today, overwhelm is something that I very rarely experience. And when I do, it's usually due to sensory overload. And it's not because of my to-do list, my environment or the things that I need to get done or the limited time that I have or all of the thoughts buzzing around in my brain. Okay, all of that I now manage really well. And I'm not saying any of that to brag, but because I want to give you hope and to show you that with the right tools and the right support, it is possible to drastically reduce your feelings of overwhelm. And in the next episode, part two, overwhelm part two, we're going to begin to dig into what that looks like and how you, my friend, can begin to experience way less overwhelm in your life. All right. We will dig all the way into that next week. And before I go, I just want to take a moment to remind you, please rate and review this podcast as it does help other people to find it. All right, my friends, I can't wait to continue this conversation again next week. Huge love to you all. Take care out there. I'll speak to you soon. Hey friend, I know exactly what it's like to feel frustrated and confused with your ADHD and to wish that you could better understand what the hell is going on in your brain. And that's exactly why I created my coaching program, Thriving with ADHD. Inside Thriving with ADHD, you learn a step-by-step process to set and finally achieve your goals. 
to understand yourself and your ADHD. It's where you learn to feel better and manage your emotions and create systems and processes that work for you with your ADHD brain. This is designed for you to learn how to thrive with ADHD so you can create the life that you were meant to live. Visit xenajones.com ADHD to learn more and book a consultation.